Hello and welcome to the was it fifth episode of AVSJ podcast. Um, I'm here with my buddy Aaron. Say hello. Hello. Um, this is the first episode where we've got a guest on the podcast. Um, yeah, one of our buddies <laughs> from school, uh, Soul Soul Paradise, aka Jonah Wick, Jonah Wickers, to us. Yeah, it was pretty good. What did you think, Aaron? Yeah, well, before we get into that, I'm pleased that you said this is the blah episode because last time he was like, this is the newest episode. And I'm like, if they listen to this out of order, it's not the newest episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was was interesting. It's our first, um, I guess, interview? Was it an interview? It's our first interview. So, you know, we're getting used to doing that. Um, We went into all sorts of stuff, did a bit of a kind of overview of him as a musician what he is looking for going forward. He's got some interesting ideas. Yeah, I was just going to say, you'll notice that he can talk for England. Um, <laughs> he that is on a lot, but it's really interesting. Like, he does have a lot to say for himself and it's clear that, like, he's had this plan for mm. a number of years and, like, it seems like this is the debut single and it's kind of, like, coming out now, but you'll kind of clock from what he's talking about, like, all of the things that he's done have been, yeah. like, so meticulously planned. I, th- I think what was striking for me is the like amount of planning that's gone into it. So he's yeah. been planning this stuff for three years. And like, I, like you say, you can talk for England, but I think it's like when you've had this idea for so long, you just have yeah, everything to yeah. say on it. So we can ask him a question. <laughs> it'll go on for about 10 minutes. And then it's like, oh, yeah, what happened? <laughs> um, and it's just like he's got a lot to say. He's got good music that's come out and he's got a yeah, yeah. very clear plan of being what can happen beyond the music which is interesting uh we kind of touch on what it's like to be an artist in the modern day rather than in a time of or, or how he views himself as an artist like a uh, preference for albums rather than singles and things mm-hmm. like that i don't know what else we get into <laughs> uh it talks about loads of things it talks about clothing Mm-hmm. Digital age music, yeah. We saw. I think we covered quite a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it's. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, stick around for the episode. Yeah. Without further ado, here it's we go. Soul Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. Um. Back with my buddy Aaron, and this time we've got a very special guest, our first guest ever, uh, Jonah Wickers, aka Soul Paradise. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. For what should me. I call you, Jonah? I guess I should call you Jonah. Yeah, I'm not going for the whole alter ego thing yet. <laughs> not yet. It's a couple months away. <laughs> I think I got to get used to the whole thing of like, oh, hello, Soul. <laughs> um, wait, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's I'm me. I'm yeah. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how are you no, feeling today? Thanks for having me on. I'm feeling good. Feeling ready for a lot of uh, discussion. Nice. I'm glad that's to hear exactly it. what we yeah. need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, would have been really bad if you came on like I'm really not in a talkative <laughs> mood right now. Guys, I'm just not chatty today. <laughs> 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 Try and come up with a conversation. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> how are you guys? Mm. More importantly. Yeah, we're chilling, we're chilling, can't complain. It's 20, 22 degrees yeah. outside. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
sunshine. Yeah, got a pims. Always mm. good. Mm. Nothing going oh, yeah. on though. Got my uh, <laughs> chilies bottle because I'm a basic bitch. Two nice. sponsorships coming up. Nice. What pims and chilies? You know what? I'd be pretty gassed with them as sponsors. Yeah, innit? Maybe we should start drinking pims from a chilies bottle and then uh, then the sponsorships <laughs> will roll through. But then you can't see the pims in the chilies. Yeah, but it'll be ice cold. <laughs> pims might you might have to do one of those cameras that goes inside the bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um Well I'm I'm celebrating having just hit 8.2k, which I'm very excited about, on no doubt. Uh, very exciting hoping to get 10k by the weekend yeah. we're talking about views amazing. not money <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well I mean I'm also hoping to get 10k on the weekend but <laughs> <laughs> if the two come together that'd be great is it not a pound of view nah <laughs> yeah, that's what my dad said he was like if you're getting a pound of view you'd be, you'd be getting a million there but I don't know I think it's I think you have to wait till you're hitting millions and millions of streams before you're you're getting any money i certainly haven't seen anything coming to my bank account i think it's um i think spotify at least as far as i know they do like 0.004 p per stream and it's like a monthly collection and then they pay you at the end of the month so yeah we'll see (laughs) we'll see that two pounds coming in at the end of the month (laughs) 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 go put Um, over the kids heads you know (laughs) Um, but yeah, before we before we get to Soul Paradise, uh, mm. I want me to do a bit of a history of Jonah. So, obviously, we we know you from school. We went to school with you for uh, yeah, seven seven years. Oh, all right, flipping out. Yeah, but he was in the other class, so we're basically rivals. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were we were so lucky to go to. Um, in terms of from a music angle, we were so lucky to go to school that we did. Yeah, um, shout out Fort Smith School. Mm. Shout out Fort Smith. Yeah, because you know, I know Camden was nearby and that had equal music facilities and amazing music facilities. But we were just so. I think we were so lucky. It's certainly something that I've realised now is that we were so lucky to just be encouraged to to pursue stuff like music mm. because you know it would have been. I, I think that's quite rare. I think, you know, in, especially in um, the sort of middle class bubble that we that we grew up in, certainly that there was a, so much pressure in other schools to, to focus on academia mm. that I think it was okay in our school to be like, all right, well, if you're into if you're into that side of things, that's cool. You can... You can well, it only became that. a music school just before we got there because of the teacher yeah. left just when we got there. He just decided because he was a concert pianist that he should. We should certainly focus on yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he t- he took it from a very classical angle, didn't he? I remember we used to have those. We used to have the pop concerts. I mean, to be honest, 
I'm not gonna lie, that that is what I see as like the foundations for everything I, I do now is like building that confidence of playing live in a school context. You know, we had such nice facilities. It was like, you know, big stage, lots of equipment. Mm. Um, very early on, you're kind of getting that experience of performing to a crowd with good equipment. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that certainly sets you up so nicely to kind of not shy away from it maybe when you're you come out of school mm. and, it, and it it definitely shows because like people like michael kiwanuka jess glynn i mean obviously go back and the kinks came came from our school but recently michael kiwanuka jess glynn um you know i think they got such a nice grounding in music but yeah jonah i remember um i remember i think you and a few others played the leaving like assembly thing uh, yeah, year, Ed year, did that, year 11 or year 13 <laughs> we, yeah <laughs> yeah a bit, bit of context that like we we dressed up as the village people <laughs> um, the, the, the five the five straight males that we are um, yeah we dressed up as village people and did YMCA I think I was I was the guy with the with the moped helmet and you all got um, like quite smashed beforehand even though it was like ah uh, yeah it's like probably an 830 <laughs> assembly <laughs> so this was this is a band called broadway jungle which um uh me and four others were in it was a sort of ska reggae band uh that was super fun that was so much fun to play and uh, i played trumpet in that um mm. and yeah I remember, I remember so vividly like drinking all the way through the morning and then getting to the performance i was so nervous i was so because it was like you know, it's so different if you're playing a gig in front of people that have come to see you. This is like, it's just everyone in your year. Most people might not even like you. Like, is this like this whole <laughs> weird dynamic of like, if you do badly, everyone's going to remember it and everyone's going to be like, oh, they were, they were shit, weren't they? Um, I think it, it did go well, but I was so, I remember so vividly wanting to throw up down my trumpet. Like, I felt the alcohol on my that stomach. That would be. And, yeah. What, live know, on stage? I, I, no, no, no. Literally, as I was playing, I could feel like I was oh I my felt God. so like, sick. That's one Imagine. of the grossest images I've had. <laughs> Imagine like getting to the, the crux of the solo and then <laughs> pew! Is trumpet the only instrument that you were actually taught then? Because you play quite a few instruments. Um, yeah, uh, so trumpet is, I played that since um, since year three, really. Um, mm -hmm. I had lessons all the way up. I <laughs> I got I got to like, I got to grade five in trumpet and then I got braces. Um, and <laughs> if, yeah, there's, so there's this thing called the embouchure, which is like your basically your muscles in your mouth to you, that you use to play trumpet, because trumpet's only got three. Uh, valve so you're doing most of the notes with your mouth so changing the kind of tension in your mouth um as soon as i got braces that whole muscle just changed everything changed so you have to i had to go back to grade two so i had the, the mind of someone in grade Swear. five so wanting to play like high notes and i had to go back to grade two to the like da, 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 like you know, super <laughs> so like it was annoying. so infuriating because i couldn't my range was just suddenly so much narrower um yeah, so so trumpet was the, the instrument that I was taught, and then my dad taught me the twelve bar blues on guitar when I was like I don't know six or seven. Um, and like I've always loved guitar, so trump, trumpet and guitar I kept going, and then uh, piano, bass, and drums were sort of to a pianist. I would never say I played piano, but um, I play piano enough to kind of you know produce with it and and, and drums and bass and stuff. But yeah, so trumpet is the only sort of 
sort of formal one. But that's that's what I mean. I mean, I, I came to uni and, and played in a in a jazz band for the first year and a half here, and I felt so out of my depth because they were all super theory based, um, mm. amazing jazz musicians, and I felt like I don't have anything to offer. Like my, what I feel like I do have to offer is is songwriting and and and. I think when you're in a situation where everyone else is really incredible at their one instrument and you are more of a sort of jack of all trades, master of, I mean, I really mean master of none because they are masters <laughs> of their instrument and I'm there like, you know, I, I can play what I want, but nothing to, to anywhere near their standard. And that, that can be pretty, that can be pretty harmful as well as a musician because it knocks your confidence if you're not in these sort of, you know I, know, I think it is good to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone um, when you're playing music. But like, it's a one-way ticket to feeling pretty crap about yourself if you're surrounded by musicians who are like masters in their instrument and you uh, sort of thrive by doing a little bit of everything. Um, Do you think yeah. that kind of drove you to get better or it drove you to shy away from that and focus on just doing everything else kind of a bit yeah the, rather the than definitely yeah it, it definitely inspired me to want to be better at guitar 100 percent trumpet i've kind of left because i feel like the amount of time it would take me to get back to where i was at trumpet it's definitely something maybe after uni i'll get back into but at the moment like i just don't have the time like you know you've only got so many eggs in your basket and when you're trying to do uni work and also you know when i'm trying to do soul paradise stuff that I just I just don't have time at the moment. But but guitar definitely. I mean, throughout uni, I've been I've been practicing guitar so much more, um, and doing the, the jazz band really made me be like, okay, actually, I want to I want to learn the theory behind what I know about guitar. So maybe I'm, I'll know that a chord sounds nice. You know, let's go to this chord because that sounds nice. I want to know know why I go to that chord, and that that's that's a really long process because you have to deconstruct everything you know and try and learn the reasons behind it um so that was a bit of a long-winded answer but. that's all right <laughs> but Going to sum off. up yes i learned trumpet <laughs> <laughs> um going off that with soul paradise obviously it's all you working on your own and like focusing so much time on just you with nobody to Go against, to go against and say like yo this is bad stop doing this mm. do you ever feel some sort of fear that you might put out a track that you're really happy with but because it's just been kind of you in the bubble of making it mm. there's been no checks and balances to it and mm. it might not be as yeah. appealing to a mass audience or are you happy working on your own well so so basically the the, the soul paradise has been in existence on my on my hard drive for about two or three years and in that time i've i've written like a, you know i've written a lot and yes yeah, so i mean I'm, i must have made like over 60 demos and of those 60 are about 15 to 20 that i'm happy and those are soul paradise to me and in terms of what you're saying i've com comparison is something that i really struggle with uh, definitely last year more than this year I was kind of looking at all the artists that I like thinking how the hell am I going to do that where am I going to fit in to that scene mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm nowhere near good as them and I think what you need to do is just let go of that and, and realize that they weren't worried about other people they, well maybe they were but you don't you don't see that what you see is their sound the reason I haven't just sort of released each demo as I made it and I wanted to wait is because I wanted to feel like 
when I listen to all those 15 demos as an album, which I have done, I am able to hear, okay, you know, maybe I do have, maybe Soul Paradise itself has a sound and that's cool. And then therefore I can be confident in releasing something because it's me. And I think that the, the comparison thing is really dangerous because then you start to, because I've done this and I, I've written a song and been like, hold on this isn't this isn't me i've kind of tried to write thinking oh i love steve lacy how would steve lacy write this instead of being mm-hmm. like no 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 like it's cool just do what you want to do because steve lacy never thought oh how would jonah like this do you know <laughs> hey, that's what you think <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a phone in now <laughs> uh, um but yeah that you know that 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 thing about comparison is is definitely really toxic for for musicians of um and I think it's just a confidence thing. And what's been really nice about, uh, no doubt, doing better than I thought it would. And I'm not saying it's like blown up, but for me, it's huge. It's, it's huge because this is like, it's been in my bedroom for, you know, three years. I, I, I wrote that. So that was one of the first demos I made uh, of Soul Paradise. Um, and I left it and I just was like, I, you know, I, I listened to it too much. I hated it. So with no doubt, when you say I do it all on my own, I do do it all on my own. So all the instrumentation and, and most of the production is myself. Um, Jake Franks uh, helped mm-hmm. me with a sort of additional mixing, just making that sound sound really juicy. I mean, his, his knowledge is incredible. Mm. But the demo production-wise and instrumentation is, is all me. And that's kind of why it takes it takes a long time, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to when it comes to making music like when you say about the thing like are you worried you're going to put it out and then it's just kind of you know it's not going to be you've been so in your own bubble I don't know if there's that if there's that much of a problem with that and I think if you can do that then you're really confident in your own sound and people will relate to that I think like the best compliment you can have is someone saying oh this sounds so different yeah I get quite um, reluctant to say this oh yeah this person sounds like this person because you Mm. feel like trying to compare someone to another person yeah. is a bit like oh it's the know. worst question ever when before I'd, before i'd released it people would be like oh so so what, what what's the sort of genre and i'd be like oh, I, I don't i don't really know i, I don't know because it's not like <laughs> i don't want to say indie it's not indie. i'm genreless yeah <laughs> i, I tra- transcend genre. i just don't conform so <laughs> I don't actually do genres. Um, the people will be like, "Oh, so what? What? What artist? What artist is it like?" And then in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, anything I say, you're going to instantly think that I'm comparing myself to them." So, you know, if I say it's like the internet, like it's nowhere near as good as the internet. So don't. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a hard question to answer without sounding really arrogant because I can tell you what my influences would be, but that's not necessarily what I think. Um, you yeah. know, I hope it's it's a it's a mix of everything that I listen to. That's that's kind of my hope, and that people will listen to it and think, uh, yeah, that's that's Jonah's sound, or that's Soul Paradise's sound. That's a really like that's kind of my aim is to have a recognizable sound. So um, to take like a bit of a like broader context so yeah. no doubt is uh your first single that you just put out yeah last week or two weeks ago two weeks ago today yeah yeah 14 nice and um as you said like soul paradise has been three years in the making but what kind of i noticed a lot about it and obviously like i had you on um instagram and facebook and whatever just from like knowing you for time mm. but 
I started to see like a lot of Soul Paradise like, adverts coming up mm. and like lots of promo for it and like even loads of other people kind of sharing things like this is the day, this is the day. And then when it came out, then like I feel like it was quite a prevalent thing on all my Instagrams and Facebooks and whatever. Was that like that's obviously something that you that's obviously something that you planned and like yeah. how do you feel like yeah. releasing a single did it go how you thought it would go basically? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a long time coming in my head. Like I knew, I was kind of putting it off. There were there were little tweaks that I was doing with the final mix of it, um, and actually work, working with with Jake a bit on it. Um, and we finally got got to a point where like, all right, the mix is done. I was totally happy with the song. I sent it off to the master. It came back. I had the track, and the track was done. Then I sorted the cover art, and then the cover art was done. And finally, it was like, oh my god, yeah, I've, I've got to actually do this now um i was lucky enough to get onto so warner brothers have a distributed distribution platform i mean it sounds a lot bigger than it is. it's not that huge but <laughs> warner brothers have a distribution platform the, the, the name warner brothers you don't hear anything after that <laughs> um, the warner brothers have a distribution platform called level which i'm on and it's their way of keeping tabs on on new artists essentially so if you if you do well and it spikes, then they're the first to see it, and that's how that's how that's the sort of first step to getting your foot in the door in Warner Brothers. Um, so I uploaded it to that, and then it was it was going to be released on April, and suddenly it was like, oh shit, it's out of my control. You know, I this has been something that has sat in my room for three years. I've cherry picked who I've wanted to listen to it based on you know like you know if my friends around and I said oh, you know I'd love to love to have your feedback but I had the point was I had control over who heard it so uploading it mm -hmm. was suddenly like oh my god I, I don't have control over this anymore uh it's now it's that kind of not even my track anymore it's like it's just out there so over that month I'd done um a lot of research watched a lot of videos on the sort of run-up to a release and something that is really really important to me with Soul Paradise is a kind of um image not in terms of a human image but the kind of image around the whole thing that the paisley logo is going to continue on throughout all the releases it's going to be on all the clothes um which mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, i'm sure we'll discuss in a sec but like the 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 idea that there was a kind of theme to the release was really important to me so that's why before the release i did a lot of the sort of uh promo videos um were sort of centered around i wanted to have teasers so i wanted to have like doing little bits because I'd read that was quite important and I thought how do I because I'd waited so long I waited three years I want it to be a big thing it was a huge thing for me I wanted it to be a, a big thing for other people as well not just kind of like you know randomly out of the blue oh by the way but I've got a track out like, I want it to be people knew that on yeah, Friday yeah. the 24th of April it was coming out and whether or not they listened to it that doesn't matter but I just wanted them to know at least so I tried really hard I put out a lot of um, advertising um, and then then sort of run up to the to the week I was doing like short little teasers um, and a sort of countdown thing um, using social media as, as much as possible which I to be honest I I didn't like like I don't <laughs> I don't like spending over amounts of time on Instagram and I found myself having to do that but it is it is a case of kind of just having to play the game um, so yeah I did I did loads of adverts and then once it was released that's when the real promo starts. And that was a that was a weird feeling on release day, getting so many like nice messages from people that I hadn't spoken to for ages. Because I think certainly in this in this period, people are like reaching out a lot more than they would have. So people that that, that maybe saw it on social media, 
and then listen to it i don't even know if they rated it or not but they sent me a message and like it, it feels like if we weren't in this time they might not have so it actually worked out really well having the release day in isolation because i knew it, it was going to be uh, around this time but i had planned for that release before corona happened mm. um so it actually worked it worked really well because everyone's everyone's kind of searching for something like something like that you know they're searching for a, a new thing to discover um and so it kind of went well since since the release i've been doing a lot of adverts um just sort of making short videos with with little graphics thing and then uh promoting them on on instagram and facebook uh and the power of it is insane i mean you can look at the insights on an advert and it's like forty thousand people reached so forty thousand people have seen it. they don't necessarily click on the song but um there was so on the first day of the release there was something like four or five hundred streams which i was like wow that's amazing you know it's come from my bedroom there's 400 people listening to it that's crazy that's insane and the next day like three three hundred or whatever and i was like, oh that's really cool it's just the same people have listened to it twice and then sort of three <laughs> days passed i put i was putting out more and more adverts and then i checked i checked on my so you have the spotify for artists app um, and i checked the spotify for artists app and it was like three and a half thousand i was like ah oh, it's, it's crashed like because it was being kind of weird it was bugging it kept on going back and then forward to three and a half thousand i was like ah oh, no like def definitely not and the live ticker so they had like who's listening live and that was just going up and up and i was like wait i no, i don't understand like i felt like it wasn't true i was like no nah, this surely is, this isn't true like there's no way three thousand people have heard of it and then since then it's been going up like a thousand a day which has just been it's been crazy and i i i'm so aware that that's not a big figure you know people will get millions and trillions of of views but for me to have been waiting for so long for this and then that was a, it was i guess it's kind of validation you know I, it sounds funny but it kind of is it's kind of like okay, this has been my computer what the hell is going to happen when i put it out and then to know that people actually mm. are listening to it is a really nice thing and gives me the kind of the confidence and, and excitement to, to want to put out those more. Um, do you think having worked on it for so long, having, like you said, you, you've been sitting on it for like three years, with the lockdown happening, you kind of touched on this already, but were you like worried about putting it out in the lockdown and feeling like you should postpone it? Did it mess up your plans? Were you more yeah. encouraged by the lockdown happening? And um, also, before I forget, follow-up question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not follow-up <laughs> question, unrelated question, <laughs> but follow-up to what you were what saying. What are you wearing? Um, <laughs> with all the artwork and stuff, you said it's like going onto a clothing line. Um, are you in charge of all the artwork? Have you like outsourced that to somebody? I had planned... Um, if I'm if I'm honest, I had planned for it to come out sort of three months before, um, and I was going to do my first gig in Bristol uh, around this time. So that's what that was. What, last year, that was the kind of time scale I was looking at. So I have no doubt out end of February. Then I'll have another single out end of March. Then I'll do a gig end of April, um, and that'll build some sort of momentum. I'd, I've been planning these things for a long, long time. Like I knew exactly kind of how I wanted it to be. Um, when it got to february i was listening back to no doubt and i was like it's still not quite right and this is my the perfectionist coming out so me and jake then worked on um some more of the producing we talked about it a lot and we were like okay it just needs a bit more dynamic 
variation. And then what I noticed was the change was that I could listen to it again. Like, so before I hated it, I really, I got so bored of it. I was like, I've listened to it for two years. It's such a jarring melody to me. I, yeah. But then well, after we did that, it was suddenly like a new song. And then that's when I knew, I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's definitely ready. Cause it's really hard to just totally put it to bed and be like, okay, I'm not touching it anymore. Cause you know, you, there's always something you could add. There's always another vocal layer. Add. There's always another trumpet line you could add. Um, so once I knew it was, it was ready, uh, that was like March and then I uploaded it and a, a month later it was out. But the, the Corona thing, it, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was a blessing in disguise because although it meant I couldn't do the gig, <laughs> it meant that people are at home and they're listening. And that was what was so yeah. valuable for me is is the, this time where people are sitting in their gardens and if a, if a song, if they see on Instagram, why would they not listen to it? It's the, it's the sort of time that people have now which is is so and to be honest man like when i when i put out an ep when it's the sort of post corona time i don't i don't think it is going to be that kind of level of like um of, of of up in terms of the streams because people might not have the time people are working and stuff um part b to the question about about the clothes it is always for me it was always 50 50 and i think that's in terms of clothing to music ratio of what i wanted soul paris to be i want it to be a, a brand and I, I i want it to be 50 50 uh, and i know this hasn't really come across because it's been really hard at the moment um with getting suppliers to to make the clothes with with corona uh, and i'm also aware that if I'm getting all the clothes in, people might not want a T-shirt that's been shipped by me. I mean, I, d I don't have Corona, but I, people don't know that. <laughs> I swear, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it's not exactly. Let's let's say it's not really the right time to be to be doing that, having to go to the post office, all of these things. So that's something that I haven't been able to really put across. Um, and it made that the fact that I couldn't do that made me reconsider drop, dropping the first single now. But but I, I think it's important that the music's out there first. Um, I want it to be two entities that are balanced and the, the clothing and the music. So each release um, or each sort of group of releases will have a theme. So these first three singles are going to have a theme and you know, it will become more clear when the second song is out in terms of the cover art, all the cover arts slightly linked together. The EP that's going to come out in the end of summer, that's going to be um, that's going to be a different theme as well. So first singles out, the second singles coming out in a month um, with the third single, the clothing will, will release at the same time. And that will be all on the Soul Paradise website. Um, the I've been working with this amazing graphic designer called Joanna. Um, if you if you go on go on my instagram i've, I've tagged her in, in the post of uh of the release and she she made the the first single cover which if you can like as you can imagine for three years i've been building this up in my head the poor graphic designer who had to be like when i was like okay i don't really know exactly what i want <laughs> but can you just make something cool for me like poor yeah because i there was a lot of back and forth like she was very patient because i had you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. I'm not an artist uh, in terms of drawing. I'm really bad at drawing. So I found it quite hard. I could see what I wanted in my head and I kind of described how I wanted it to be sort of nighttime themed. The Paisley, wanted, I really wanted to feature prominently. Um, I wanted, you know, she, she does a lot of um, outer space style graphic design. I was like, I really like that. I've, I've, got, I've got so many designs and stuff. I, I've made a lot of samples. Um, 
and so yeah the, the three t-shirts will be dropping with with the with the third single uh, and that's something i'm really excited about um i'm hoping mm. what i was saying about the 50 50 i'm hoping they'll kind of be self-sustaining in that you know my ideal business model if you want to say it like that would be people buy the clothes because they like them when they've got the clothes they might listen to the music people like the music because they like the music and if they like the music they might buy the clothes and if it works like that and it works because mm. i want the clothes mm -hmm. to not and i know it's almost a cliche now but i don't want it to be like just standard merchandise i know loads of people are doing that mm. um I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of how i can do it differently uh, of what's kind of the status quo now i was gonna say we had um a kind of similar thing when we were first making our mm. logo we well we had kind of the opposite thing in that we didn't mm. know what we wanted but we know we needed yeah. a logo <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut and we were asking my mate to make it and like we just kept being like mm, nah no <laughs> like, <laughs> not that one <laughs> like we were giving him no direction yeah. we were just like nah I don't, don't, think that's you don't right. feel so sorry for the, for and, the poor graphic designer who's like having to be like well what do you want and then they're like mm, i don't really know just just something cool I'm, would be great yeah yeah and like he came <laughs> he, he ended with doing like a great job and he was doing mm. a good job throughout it was our, entirely yeah. our fault for just giving but, him no but, direction but it's good it's good to, to 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 not just be a yes man with these things and the first thing that comes back you're like yeah even though you're not happy with it um mm. i think it's good to be it's good to be particular about it especially when it's something you, you you're you're putting out there that you've created that's super personal So yeah, you kind of talked a lot about uh, kind of producing on your own and then like having to do all the promo and then like releasing it all on social media and like releasing it very digitally. And it sounds to me like the work that's gone into this is quite a new age way of making music. Um, what what do you feel about kind of yeah the new the new way to do this? Um, I definitely, I mean, producing, producing on my own is, uh, something that I think is, I mean, is that, that as a, as a, as a thing is becoming so much bigger. Um, I, I actually had a funny, funny run in with, uh, uh, like a pro professional producer, if that's what you want to call it. Um, where I, so, so last year when I, when I had that mix of no doubt I was talking about, that I, I wasn't too happy with, I sent it to a producer. So for for those who haven't who haven't produced ever um what happens is that so say my demo has 50 tracks and the sort of track number one might be vocals track number two might be guitar so there's 50 tracks say what happens when you send it to a producer is that you make all of those tracks uh, essentially naked so where the guitar would have loads of different like effects that i'd constructed I would send the producer a completely stripped back so it's just the guitar it's just the vocals no effects on it whatsoever the producer then goes into all of those 50 tracks and decides based on his knowledge and and he will have heard the whole demo so he knows what the sound is but he will then construct the sound um so yeah so i send it off to this this professional producer let's call him let's call him bob so i send it off to bob um and yeah, but he sent me back this mix. Bobby Beats. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, it was so <laughs> bad. It wasn't. It wasn't just not me. It was like 
this is shit. Like, what, why is the guitar so low? You can't hear it. Like, this guy does this for a living. I paid him 150 quid, but then I sent it back to him. I was like, bro, this is like, I sent him a list of what the stuff I wanted changing. When I realized how long <laughs> the list was, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I doing this whole process? Like, mm. um, got a second mix back and it was still shit. you want that name Bobby Beats? Huh? Mate, I know. Mm. I know. The things I do for Bob. <laughs> um and yeah it just it was it was it was shit and it made me that was a really good learning curve because that gave me the confidence of being like my mix is is in my opinion i'm not saying objectively but in my opinion my mix was better than his and so then i was suddenly like if i know exactly what you know how i want everything to sound and that's me then that's cool. I'll put. I'll, I'll do that. And also, I'm saving a fucking fuck ton of money by producing myself. And like, like you say, you've got that full creative control. Yeah, um, it's yeah. kind of interesting. In like, um, I feel like the rise of the independent artist has happened quite a lot in the past, like five, five to ten years. Like, I mean, with hip hop, it was like Chance the Rapper becoming the first ever independent artist to hit all these milestones, like. Form on SNL. Everybody outside, everybody outside, wanna pull up outside all night though. Everybody high five, everybody wanna smile, everybody wanna lie, that's nice though. Oh, now you wanna chill, oh, now you wanna build, oh, now you got the build, that's cool though. Oh, now you got the gas, oh, now you wanna laugh, oh, now you need a cap, that's true though. Yeah, and Frank, Frank went totally independent for Blonde as well. Like, what they've done of creating independent empires uh, is is such an inspiration because it's like you don't need that big guy in the in the boardroom um my ideal uh thing would 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 not to have a record deal would a distribution deal maybe but a, mm. but a record deal having that thing of like okay you have to you have to have this album done by x date not only that but also you could bring songs and them then being like no don't like it it's not going to sell. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, hold on. But this is my, I, I've done this. I, this is my album. I've created Exactly. It. Well, they have like complete control over your image and how they're going to market you because they want to market you to make money. So there's so much stuff with like earlier era hip hop where there's no women being pushed forward unless they're marketed in a like hypersexualized way. And there's a whole case with Kiki Palmer. I can't be bothered to get into it all. But it's like now, with the rise of the independent artist, people can put out their music themselves. And if it gets an audience, then it gets an audience and they're blowing up. So mm. you've got the whole thing of like now people are in control of their image entirely. So like you, like you, you can make your clothing line alongside it. You can do everything mm. you want to do. And you maintain a, you maintain saying. a sense of self with that. Like, you know, that whole thing mm-hmm. of being you lose yourself in fame maybe we're seeing a sort of new era of people still sort of hanging on to that that sort of individuality and, and leading on from that is the idea of of a changing sound which i really like in an artist because it shows that they're because 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 as as a musician you're always going to change sound there's no way that that two years go by and you're still writing tra- i mean I'm not that maybe that's maybe that's generalized maybe if you're Ed Sheeran maybe you do just carry on churning out those those acoustic songs and stuff like that but <laughs> but I mean <laughs> right, coming for Ed Sheeran Bobby Oi. Beats you're sending for everyone out here <laughs> um, yeah, Bobby yeah Beats watch is out dead. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Bobby uh, yeah <laughs> like the, the, what I really rate about um, Alex Turner is 
the the way that Arctic Monkeys have changed so much, so much, like almost beyond recognition. Uh, Tranquility Base Hotel is so far away from views of the boardwalk and stuff like that. Like you know that that sound. But what's what's happened mm. is that he's had the confidence of. I'm gonna put out what's me and where I'm at at the moment, rather than thinking, okay, what sold before and what's gonna sell again? Because they could have just written another, um, you know, they could have released more singles like "Bet You Look Good" and stuff like that. They didn't. They they and, and what's funny is that they lost a lot of fans, and but but also would have gained a lot of fans and gained the respect of the fans that stayed. It's interesting because I find myself getting quite conflicted with artists sometimes because you'll think like. When they make an album that you really like and then the next album is something a bit different and you didn't really like it, you think like, well, I can't really expect them to not try out new things and mm. not try to grow as an artist. But at the same time, I liked before is what I liked. And there are some <laughs> people that do it really well. Like, for example, Matt Miller, I remember saying in an interview that he never wanted one in he never wanted one album to sound like one of his other albums. So he would always try and switch things up and he did it quite so well, well, I think. Oh, he's like a he's a beautiful example of that. I was gonna say it's interesting what you were saying in terms of like as a consumer, you kinda of have this hypocrisy of wanting to hear their new music and also wanting it to be exactly the same as their old music. And yeah. you know what you like. Especially as a hip hop fan, I would say there's such like defined categories within hip hop where it's like, oh, boom bap beats, they're all gonna sound in the same sort of category. And it's very easy to get bored of it but people still have a hunger for the same sort of thing. It's difficult to, it's like, sometimes I just get completely bored of hip hop and I want something new. Yeah, I feel that. You just get kind of frustrated with the stasis, but you also want the same sort of thing, but updated. I kind of felt that quite a lot with um, Black when he made East Atlanta You mean Six Black? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, don't get me wrong, I think it was a good album, but it was basically just going off the formula of his last album. Mm-hmm. And the songs were good, but if you'd heard the last one, it was basically just like rehash of the same mm. thing. And then it was just like so long as well on the same songs each time. Which is interesting because that fulfills what you're saying about wanting that, that same sound. But if it's, it's such a fine balance between sticking with, with yeah, your, sort yeah. of your artist sound and letting that transition naturally and then just recreating what you did before. And as a consumer, you pick up on that so quickly. So there's no, I mean, there's a lot of pressure, isn't it? There's a lot of pressure on an artist to, to, to and also all those external pressures. I hate to be the one to bring up a conversation about gigs with you because I know you hate gigs. But, <laughs> but if you look at um, Landlord and then Want For Them, <laughs> you have like at least three or four songs that are exact replicas of the previous album. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, fuck, what are they called? Lingo and... Oh, he's got two songs with Daneo that are exactly the same song. And for some reason, both of them exploded in Lockdown. the same way. Yeah, Lockdown and Lingo. I mean, they even rhyme. Damn, I got these bitches on Lacto. Damn, I got these bitches on Lacto. They drag me in the house and then they Lacto. They fighting for the number one spot, though. I got these bitches on Lacto. Damn, I got these bitches on Lacto. They drag me in the house and then they Lacto. They fighting for the number one spot. Like, <laughs> the chorus is almost identical and he's put them out on two consecutive product, uh, projects even. And yeah. it's, the, it's that thing of like, you want new music from someone, 
but I'm not saying Giggs is lacking range. But he's, he's made an I'm not gonna lie, if there was anyone to say it was lacking range, it would be Giggs. <laughs> hey, you heard three The guy literally has the same flow you heard on every three single ups, song Jules. I've ever seen. Yeah, I know, but three wheel ups don't I like it is a banger, but Giggs it is, is the same flow that he does on nah, every single it's song. Sped up a bit and he goes a bit higher pitch because he can't quite cope. He does the higher pitch <laughs> thing all the time. I think you've got to think about the the external pressures behind him putting out a song like Lock the like you know there's obviously a label and there's also him wanting wanting money I'm, I I know he, he's, he's mm. so into his music but there is also that thing of like even if it does sound similar to the thing like there's there's some external pressure behind it being like no it's a good song put it out because it mm. will make money that's how I felt about um, Devastated by Joe Bad where like I heard it and I just thought, oh god, you, you did this to make a Were you devastated? I was I was devastated. <laughs> the funny thing I, I just remember like hearing it, just thinking like this is not Joey Bad. Like yeah. you've never made a song like this. It doesn't fit with your image at all. You're basically just trying to get a song to play on the radio. Oh, and it well it's in, it's really that. interesting when it's from that that side round so when a, when an artist you've loved then puts out a more mainstream song and then you feel like hold on you've kind of it's almost insulting it's hold like on. i've i've loved who you've been like organically and now you're trying to do it mm. for the money and it, you feel a bit kind of insulted by that but then if it goes the other way where you love so say Joey Bad had put out a new track that was a totally different sound and actually didn't do that well you'd still feel a little bit like oh what are you doing man like even though that might just be where he's at like he might be listening to so many different other tunes now that he or genres that he now wants to put into his own music you still like there's there's this weird sort of you can either go one way or the other or to stay in that middle path is so mm. difficult of being natural with it and being organic mm. and as you your music taste changes your songwriting changes but then there's always going to be fans that are that feel annoyed that you didn't carry on with that with that sound um and i think that's just got that's the sacrifice you make if you want to stay sane and not get bored of what you because that's that's something that scares me is is ever feeling like you were bored of what you were playing, especially with live shows. Imagine, I, I, obviously on a tour, you're going to get slightly bored, but imagine you're doing your third album tour and the third album is exactly the same as the first album. You're like, I've done this. I've done this. You get the weird sort of deja vu. And then it's suddenly like, why? Who, who are you doing it for then? If you've, if you've churned out a third album, which is the same, who are you really doing it for? You're doing it for... I don't know, your fans and your record label or you're actually doing it for yourself. And I think that's how you go crazy as a musician if you're not doing it for yourself. I know that No Name said that one of the main reasons she made her second album was because she was so bored of playing the songs from her first yeah, album and yeah. touring those songs. Kate Trinada said the same thing. He said, "This the first album is not me anymore and I'm sick of playing it. Like, I want to actually yeah. put out my sound. How do you think considering you've sat on the songs for like three years mm. do you think your you as a consumer of music has changed over that time 100 and that, that was what was weird about putting no doubt out because i was aware that everyone's listening to it thinking this is where i'm at now and this is the sound mm. i'm at whereas mm. actually the the, the the song i made last week is very very different to it it's you can still hear that it's the same artist but it is different it's really it's a, the whole different vibe and i think um definitely since coming to uni my music taste has expanded a lot uh i, I used to listen to to a lot of, of different stuff before uni but 
I think having started building like a vinyl collection and also just, I don't know, discovering the power of Spotify radio and just spending enough hours going through it and stuff. Like, I feel like what I, what I, what I now, I, I would find it pretty hard to answer the question of like, oh, so, you know, a, a, what are your influences and B, B, what kind of stuff do you listen to? Because I, I, there, there, it's easier for me to name the stuff that I actually don't like that much than, than what I do. Um, and so, yeah. Hmm. And, uh, so, I, right, you actually just send him for yeah. so many man to <laughs> this. one's for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was a weird thing. It was like my, I'm putting my identity suddenly a bit more like public. So, like the you know, everyone, because especially with putting out a song that's got lyrics in, I'm suddenly hyper aware of what those lyrics are, what they mean, what they meant to me at the time that I wrote them. And then versus what people are listening to them and then thinking that's where I'm at now and all the, all the things that I'm saying. Uh, but, but it's not, it's how I felt like, you know, three years ago, uh, which is, that was something that yeah. I felt a little bit weird about because then it was like, are people still gonna like what I'm writing now if they like No Doubt? And I've just got, I just, I just got to have the belief that, that, that they will not worry about that, not like over obsess over that and just kind of do, yeah, do, do what I feel is right for me um, with that. But, but that, that is the weird thing about having, having sat on it for so long. It's like there's within the 15 tracks that I'm happy with, let's, let's say 15, I don't know how exactly how many it is, but within the 15 tracks, there's a, there's a change. You can see the sort of, uh, so the later tracks are, they're, they're pretty different from the start. So that's what I, that's what puts me in a nice position now is that I have a kind of backlog of, of stuff that I can just put out and I'm not stressing right now about, mm. oh, I've got to write the next single and it's got to be, you know, it's got to be like No Doubt and all this stuff. Now it's I, I can let go of that and, and be confident that I've got the stuff that's going to be put out, um, but I can I can still carry on writing. Um, because that would—that's what I would feel really like. That would stress me out being under pressure to write songs. Like, if you're, if you're on a label or something, and they're like, "All right, you got to yeah. have it out," you know, to 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 be under that kind of pressure and having to to create and stuff. I don't know how how I'd manage with that. Um, but yeah, so the I've been been talking a lot with um, Dennis Salter's manager, um, and we've been talking about mm. uh, working together, and he's. Um, we're hoping to get to get no doubt on um, the BBC introducing Radio One show uh, in the next couple of weeks, which would be, which would be really great. That'd is this an cool. exclusive? It would, that we've got it here. would be an exclusive. Is it our first ever scoop? Oh, it is. It is the first <laughs> ever scoop. <laughs> Make notes, boys. Um, yeah, uh, fuck you, Bobby. Again, like, I'm getting on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's going to be your exception speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd actually like to thank him for showing me I could do it myself. So, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Bobby, for being so <laughs> dead at music. <laughs> so you talk about uh, kind of what, what you want to do for the future and you say you've got this approximately 15 songs mm. over the course of like the last three mm. years. Um What's your plan? Is it for like all of them to come out kind of in the same space of time, or to like yeah, build on it a, big a bit EP. more? And yeah, well, yeah, maybe I was thinking more of an album, but I yeah, but I, um, uh... or maybe like a few from like three years ago, then a few from a couple years ago, then more like the last year. Yeah, or... well, the, what what I what I had originally planned is um, 
is to do them in the order that I wrote them in. Um, and I've actually scrapped that because the, the second single that is coming out, I wrote and recorded last month. Um, and it like it just felt yeah. like it just felt right like it was it was a nice nice one to lead on from no doubt it's weird because we're in this period of of corona and stuff the live side of music which was a huge part for me like i've i've dreamt a lot about that kind of shit um so the post corona world is going to be is going to be different because you know so many uh, especially small venues which were going to be that you know that's where i, I was going to be doing all this shit it's not like i'm the o2 is yeah, not yeah. closing down but that means fuck all to me because i'm not going to do it you know it's the small venues that i was yeah. going to be you're not playing the o2 well <laughs> <laughs> not not yet Come on, I thought we had big plans here, Jonah. <laughs> First guest, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I would love to have a gig with the EP. That would be really cool to have an EP launch, and that's when I do yeah. the first gig um, because it's going to be a big band when we play, man. It's going to be like eight of us on stage. Um, oh, so. Really? I, I know this this jazz pianist called Kayvon who is playing on the second single and his his piano is fucking beautiful and it just it it makes the song like he he's he's really talented guy um, he's going to be playing I'm going to get uh, a couple of sax players I know two trumpeters um, Jake on drums Ryan on bass uh, this guy Kayvon on keys um, a rhythm guitarist and then I'll be doing like synth guitar and um, my machine as well and singing. Um, so it's uh, like the live show is is a huge part of Soul Paradise. I want people to. Um, I've always had it where I want people to uh, leave a gig and that, that I've done and, and thought, yeah, I had a really fun time. Like it was fun, not just not just like, you know, you stand in the crowd and you kind of sway a little bit. I, like, I want it to be fun and engaging and like people are dancing, not just kind of. Like, you see so many bands where, especially people that care a lot about the backing track which i do like the backing track is going to be huge for when we play live um they get lost in that kind of ambient sound and everyone in the audience is you know you see people kind of yawning even though the music is sick on record i've seen this happen so many times in live shows mm. it's fucking boring because they're not engaging the crowd the music they all they've done is kind of play the backing track and they're, they're doing it over the top which is great but you know Unless you're yeah, someone like yeah. James Blake, where you know it's so captivating, that really kind of quiet, melancholy thing. Unless it's that, which is amazing, but also you know think about where James Blake is now. You know, of course his audience are going to be captivated. I'm talking about small musicians. I think it's really important that your live shows are super like energetic and and you 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 captivate your audience because then they're going to leave the crowd. They're going to leave the gig. They'll be like, yeah, I had a really fun time, and they'll come and see you again because. It's a, it's a it's an inherent human thing that you want to have a good time, you know. You want to. No, I only look for bad times in my gigs. Bro, I hate good times. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, me and Jules have spoken about this having uh, backing track before, and like that's your favorite thing, isn't it, Jules? So they just play the backing track and they. I don't perform. They, oh, I love they don't that, spit along. Like a listening party, they just that's sit hard. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I think like, I mean, it's really prevalent in hip hop, but like, I'm sure it happens in a lot of other genres where they literally just play the mm. song and like they'll add, like they're, they'll like sing to, it's basically like karaoke, let's be honest. Yeah, it's like a switch where the artist becomes the hype man and the track becomes the artist. <laughs> it's interesting though, because I saw a video recently where I can't remember who the DJ was, but he basically just played like a... Uh, Sophie Ellis Baxter vocal over like the most generic house beat 
and it was like there was some DJ tweeted about it, like quite a famous DJ, but I can't remember who it was, saying like this is basically the new wave of a lot of house producers is that get like quite gassed because they have like a retro sample over like the normal beat that everyone loves, but there's yeah. nothing actually interesting about what it is and mm. like it's kind of what I see is the DJ electronic version of the hype man mm. rapping along to his own song. You know, what but I mean? it sells, doesn't it? I mean, this is the this is the problem is how you how you break out of that and still be successful. Like, do you think there's still room for people that you know? Because I think it's quite a um, I don't know. It's it's, got, it's quite pessimistic. To, it, it, it is certainly the way so many things are going where there isn't so much musicality to the song and it's like you say but like where's the room for the artists that don't want to do that but still want to make a living you know like how do you how do you do that how do you mm. find that balance between <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like a lack of musicality sells uh, because it's like a formula and that kind of formulaic <laughs> music making is so prevalent now where there's a formula for a chart song as why they all sound so similar um which is what was really surprising about about tom mish and yusuf days getting to get into number two that's cool and that's 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 definitely inspiring but it's an independent yeah. record and and um you know a more jazz influenced record what you what you were saying about like there being a formula is so clear with what we were talking about before with gigs where it's, he's made the same song twice <laughs> yeah. both times it's blown up but yeah. it's just like if you've got something that works if you want to make the money yeah. don't stop yeah. it shout out to my niggas on the window my niggas walking with it like it's legal two bitches kissing bilingual they don't even understand my lingo that's the money lingo I love my money being an all in single baby bring that pussy this way don't you worry about a thing though you know what just made me think like you know disclosure isn't it so funny have you heard like some of their new stuff so different bro i actually love it so yeah, much same. Yeah, that, i love um, it so much what's that so, um on the ecstasy ep Tan tando tondo yeah um, tondo so where good. it's got like the yeah. um Ghanaian like chanting or yeah. something yeah I mean that's cool because they they kind of flipped that model, didn't they? They they released stuff like White Noise, which is more chart music, and using the platform, then they've then gone and done exactly what. Maybe it's what they wanted all the way through. Maybe that that is what they wanted at the start. But do you know what I mean when they when I say like it's flipped the model on the head? Now they're doing their music mm. and what they want on the back of all that success and probably a lot of a lot of money, man. Like. I'm sure they live. I mean, I think Disclosure is quite an interesting one mm. because songs like White Noise and Latch, like, they did get really big, but I feel like at that time, like, we kind of looking in hindsight thinking, like, that's quite a charty mm. or poppy song. Mm. But I think at that time when they released it, like, it was different for dance mm. music and not quite pop music and not quite chart yeah, music. Yeah, that's true. And it's since become, it's since become that only because yeah, people, exactly. you know, got taken over by Festival. But then their their next album, Caracal, whatever mm. it was called, that was really trying to push like mainstream pop chart music, and I didn't like that one as much. And now when they released the Ecstasy EP, 
and I was like, okay, like this is back to what you actually yeah. enjoy yeah. doing rather than just trying and to that, that, push that single what you think would work. Came out. It was suddenly like, oh, this is yeah, this is a yeah, whole exactly, whole different sound. That's so sick, man. Like, it's it's cool when it, an artist just pops up again like that. Because I, I, as you said on that, is, it, is that the, the the second album is the one with the black and white cover with the song with the yeah, yeah, song. yeah, yeah. See, I. I after that, I, I didn't yeah, wear that yeah. at all. After that, I lost interest with Disclosure because it was kind of obvious what kind of path they were going on. They'd, they'd got that chart success. Now that, as you say, they're plugging that kind of chart sound. You lost interest. And then Old Man Ma- Ma- came out. And it was like, what? This is like a whole new whole new artist. And it's sick because then, you know, the, yeah, this, yeah, the latest yeah. EP is, is all that kind of vibe as well. So it's obviously that's the kind of path they're going in. Jonah, before we wrap up, yep. is there anything that you want to hit before we go? Um, I was someone I wrote down before before we started talking was just um, just specifically about the the time that we're in now. Um, the <laughs> I just I just, something I just found funny is like everyone feels like they got to be there like most creative version of themselves like if, if you've noticed like mm-hmm. which is why it's a it's a funny time for for me to put out music because it's it's kind of just what the same as, as as everything else like i feel like everyone is feeling this desire to like re- <laughs> i don't know like release like some inner creativity do everything everything possible during this time and i wondered whether that's gonna whether you think that's gonna carry on um after it like whether this is like a new i don't know like appreciation for creativity mm. and art and and seeing it as as a more sort of valid valid pastime maybe i don't know that's interesting i don't know i think i'm in the minority right now where for some reason at the minute with all this lockdown nonsense going on i have for some reason been struggling to find and search out new things like I'm, I'm doing things that i've wanted to do for a while but mm. it's kind of just to pass the time mm. like if there's there's a lot of new albums that have come out that i've been interested in listening to and i kind of just haven't given them a proper go yet um and i'm not sure if that's just the state that i was in and now i'm going to change but like my productivity just in the sense of um searching out new creative outlets has mm. kind of gone down for some reason but maybe but, that's maybe that's linked to the kind of the, like how overwhelming it can be to suddenly have all this time where it's yeah. like whoa mm. i'm not used to having so little yeah. structure what do i do with it like i would i guess before all this happened i had like a specific time where i could listen to music because i had a commute i had like this is a section of the day mm. where i just have to listen to things and i can just focus on that and now you've got the whole day where you can do that and suddenly because mm. you don't have a designated time it seems more difficult i don't know if i'm the only one that's like this no so i feel 100%, like that as well. do you know what i mean i feel like um i feel like when the lockdown happened i thought like right there's these video games i want to play there's this music i want to make there's these things i want to watch and i would get so overwhelmed by like i have yeah. to be doing one of them and like what if i choose the wrong one right now I would just end up doing yeah. nothing for so long. Mm. And yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Like, it, obviously now is the best time to be 
like filling your hobbies and like doing things like this where we were never recording every, once every week or every two weeks whatever but and now it's a good opportunity to do that but there are so many things to do that at the same time you do feel a bit like how am I meant to do all these things yeah, yeah. it's just finding the right drive isn't it mm. which I'm glad this yeah. is why I'm glad that I had I had tracks stored up because if I had waited to this period and then just had one song and suddenly was like oh crap I gotta write the second one I think it would be, I think it would Jen because I haven't actually been doing that much writing in this in this period I've been been you know doing other stuff with, with my time but because like I don't know I feel like I've been craving this kind of time to to spend on music and then as soon as I've got it I'm like ah oh, I, I don't know like there's it's so much pressure of like um, <laughs> got to use the time productively I, I know exactly what you mean mm. and where, where it's like oh there's all this stuff where you're like oh if I had the time to yeah, do that yeah. man I'd be <laughs> but because it's so, it's so <laughs> easy to say that isn't it it's so easy to be like oh you know if I if only I had the time and then you do have the time you're like, I, I didn't actually want the I'm time just I just want, yeah I want it to sound interesting but I'm not actually interested <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I was gonna get my gym membership tomorrow, but then lockdown happened. And I can't. Man, she. I had this image of me making loads of bread. Like I wanted to get really good at making bread. Bread. I'm not gonna lie, I am good at making bread now. I see. I'm, yeah. I'm just everything I wanted. I'm not gonna lie. First, first like bit of lockdown. One of my things I was doing was just making really extravagant meals. And, yeah, like, I remember you saying making that. like massive curries and like things like that. Um, and it's just quite a fun thing to do and it's quite therapeutic it's definitely opinion. therapeutic <laughs> not to say that food is like this is this is the shit but <laughs> with everything else you can be like oh no I'm not in the mood to like I'm not in the mood to watch this film I'm not in the mood to listen to this track like it will kind of piss me off if I watch it if you have like a damn delicious meal it's never not yeah. going to be delicious <laughs> regardless of your mood even if you're like upset and you're eating something that's amazing you're just not crushed. Like, this tastes like it's shit so like, so whereas like if there's a song that puts you in a good mood if you're upset sometimes you're just like nah I'm, it's not today yeah. Yeah. but it's still yeah, delicious true. It's true. <laughs> so music needs to work on, on satisfying your taste buds music well. needs to work on taste buds yeah you can have like 4D yeah. music experiences where like through like this crazy technology you could have like smells and shit to accompany that would be banging alright here we go alright let's put a like fucking next pattern step. down for it ABSJ Soul Paradise collab oh, that music was... for your taste buds immersive dining experience music so good you can taste it damn sponsored by Pims and Chili's Bottles yeah wow. <laughs> Right, I feel like that's uh, that's a good end to the show. Yeah, talking um, about our next project. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, usually at the end we do some recommendations. So obviously you talked a lot about uh, Tom Mission, use of days, doing what kind of music. Um, is there anything else that you're listening to or like want to shout out? Yeah, I I want to do so, like the album I I picked was a little bit different. It's um, by Esther Phillips, who's an incredible singer. Um, I actually discovered her through um, Bad Bad Not Good's Late Night Tales mix. On that track, there's a, I mean, on that mix, there's a there's a song by Esther Phillips called Home Is Where The Hatred Is. Uh, and the album is is called Alone Again Naturally by Esther Phillips. And it's, it's fucking good. It starts with a cover of um, Bill Withers' Use mm. Me. 
which I think is appropriate. RIP, poor guy. Uh, nice. I'll have to definitely check it out. I don't know anything about yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. Jules, you got any recommendations? Uh, I really should have thought of this before I actually asked this the question. This happens so every Aaron, time. <laughs> Aaron, you, you go first. You go first. Uh, well, I want to shout out a friend of the show, Charlie Noah. He's putting out, he's always got some good little EPs going on and he's putting out some good music on his SoundCloud at the minute, which is just, I think it's Charlie with two E's or something like that. And also I've been listening to Mariba. Do people know Mariba? Am I going? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Yeah. yeah. The Jungle is the Only Way Out album she put out um, like February last year. I remember listening to it um, when we were doing our awards, like our yearly roundup. And I was listening to it and I was like, I heard it a couple days before we started. And I was like, nah, I can't say this is my album <laughs> of the year <laughs> of like two days of experience. Wow. But, must um, be a fucking good album. Had that kind it's of not, question. I'm not going to lie, it's not as good as I, I wasn't ready to put it at number one <laughs> but it is really good it's got a lot of um, poetry on there a lot of spoken word lots of singing good vibes like well not good vibes it's quite dark but <laughs> very interesting uh, highlights I would say um, Stay True and Kinfolk both hard songs just go nice. give it a, go give it a listen Sweet, was that enough um, time for you to prep Jules yeah <laughs> No, I, I'm not going to plug a album, but I'm going to plug a single for an upcoming album, mm-hmm. which is um, Krangbin uh, released a new song called Time You yeah, and I. So is that banging. how you go about pronouncing it? What do you pronounce it as? Well, I, I, look, I don't think there's a right way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying Kang to. Ruben. You say Kangrubin, <laughs> I say Karangubin. But that's just because that's because my brother showed them to me and he's called them Karangibin. Yeah, I feel like uh, Stack showed them to me and he said Krangbin. So, and also I just read it as Krangbin. Anyway. anyway, the reason why I want to plug it is because they did a music video for it with um, Stephen K. Amos and another another actress. I can't remember what she's called. Where they go around building sandcastles in London mm. and. The, the song is just a sick song. It's like yeah, it's 70s uh, Bee Gees, like disco vibe. Yeah. But the music video is also amazing and it put me in a very good mood. And I feel like lockdown kind of thing, if you want to be put in a good mood, watch that video. They're pretty solid with their music videos. Have you seen the video for, is it called Evan's Room or something like that? Evan Finds the Third Room is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where it's just that like, little Asian woman dancing I haven't watched the video I haven't sold it at all go watch <laughs> sounds it sounds profound <laughs> the only the only reason I know about Evan finds the third room is because in the in the YouTube comments for Time You and I mm. I was like looking through it and someone was just like this is what the fourth room sounds like <laughs> 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 and I was like oh, fair enough <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really know what it meant. Yeah, I was gonna say if you didn't really try. I'm the only one that gets the joke. (laughs) Um, Uh, But yeah, that'll be my plug. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it was was lovely talking to you, Jonah. Lovely seeing you again. I feel like I haven't seen you for like a year or so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, it's been really nice. I've really enjoyed this. Good. Well, we're glad to bring that to you. (laughs) Before I forget, please. Leave a review, leave a rating. We'd love to know what you think. Mm-hmm. We've been getting lots of positive feedback. The other ones really appreciating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, send us more, please. Yeah. 
Right. Bye. All right. Love to you both. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. I hope that went well. <laughs> <laughs>